0: You're listening to The Best Box Podcast, where we talk about how to build healthy businesses and communities in the digital era. Hosted by tech entrepreneurs Tony Holbrook and Nicole Moore, and produced by photographer and musician Jake Warren, we share insights on how to connect, serve, and grow so you can thrive as a digital entrepreneur.
1: All right. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast. We have me, Nicole, Tony, and our guest Elida with us today. Um, this is going to be a kickoff to our Mental Health Month series for the month of May. Uh, we have some guests. We have Elida today, who is a coach, and then we have some athletes coming over the coming weeks to share our mental health stories um, and the impact that fitness and health and community has had on their journeys of mental health. So um, this one's really close to my heart, especially. Right right now. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, briefly, just this Monday, I actually went to a celebration of life for a friend who took their life and um, was really struggling with mental health. So coming into this podcast today, I was like, this feels like really close to my heart and something that I know that he specifically definitely used fitness in his journey with mental health. And just that, you know, at a celebration of life this Monday, you know, I had a lot of good conversations with people just over the last two years, like nobody isn't dealing with something. Everybody no matter how happy they are, has something they're dealing with. And a lot of times we just don't really know how bad somebody is. And mm-hmm. even his close friends that were talking to him and that knew he was struggling, didn't know that we were at like the point that, that we were. And so um, I think this is going to be a really cool series just to hear people who have personally Experience the impact of the fitness and health um, um, in their mental health journeys. And, you know, we've heard that from our members over the year, especially as, you know, we've had different closures and things like that. We've heard more than ever, we kind of knew mental health and fitness are connected in in some capacity. We've heard more than ever of like, you're taking away my lifeline. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's really great that we're all open again. And But I think uh, it'll be kind of interesting to hear people's stories. So uh, kind of with all that being said, before we hop into these stories I just want to kind of, um, share that we know that mental health is not as simple as like, get in a workout, drink your water and do your meditation. And, you know, if, if only it was that simple, Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, everybody's different. We know that, um, you know, just with the treatment that people need, the support people need medications, everyone's unique, you know, work with your doctor. There's lots of resources. We'll put some resources and things in the show notes for this. Um, and that, you know, it's hard not to feel alone in a mental health struggle, um, but people aren't alone. And um, so yeah, I'm really excited to kind of jump in and hear your story, Elida. I know since I've known you, we've talked a lot about um, mental health and I know it's something that you're really passionate about mm-hmm. um, diving into your story. But um, so yeah, why don't we kind of get started then? So, um, so welcome Elida. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Thanks. yourself first? Who are you? <laughs> oh, who
2: am I? I am a 42 year old uh, mother of teenagers, Lord help me. Uh, my son will be 17 next month and my daughter will be 15 in a couple months. Uh, so yeah, we're in the thick of it with them. And also, yeah, just, just walking through some mental health issues with the kiddos too. Like this wow. is, I think the last couple of years is taking it to a next level with mental health. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, huh. uh, anyhow. So I'm, ta- yeah, taxi mom half the day. Yeah. Um, Uh, Married for 20 years to my fantastic husband, who has miraculously stood by my side through uh, my mental health, because it is a miracle he stayed. Um, And I love fitness, not just in the gym. I love to hike, uh, snowboard, water ski, uh, just be outside. Uh, I love to travel, so the last couple of years have been real. (laughs) Uh, Mostly to hot places. I'm not a huge, Uh cold, take me to the beach. Uh, Summer's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and then um, I think relationships are way up there uh, Mm -hmm. as far as priority for me. Um, I think as humans, we were created for connection. I really do. And Mm -hmm. so being able to be in fitness and... Uh, be a coach, walk alongside people in life and help them add value to their, to their world and support them in areas, not even just in fitness, but uh, mental health is very dear to my heart and the connection there. I mean, it's endless. The connections with uh, physical mental health, um, the gym, spiritual health, all those things are, uh, just super important and super dear to me. Mm-hmm. So
1: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting, you know, maybe in a later episode, diving into the actual, the whole kid mental health thing and just talking yeah. to other parents of just all ages mm-hmm. and just how much more that has, you know, come to light over the last little while. So, but, um, so, yeah. totally right. And, um, yeah, I think it'll be cool as we kind of dive more into your story. I know that I always really find it inspiring how important you kind of keep the all the compartments of mental health not just the one thing and mm-hmm. that you have a lot of different processes that you have in your life that you we'll kind of dive into that you're yeah. able to kind of keep priorities in place and making sure you're doing the right things for yourself yeah. so I think that'd be cool to share so um you mentioned it briefly you're a coach why don't you tell us a little bit about just um your role in the fitness world today what's your job what do you do what's my <laughs> job
2: okay uh, guys <laughs> well, can probably yeah, explain that a little better but uh I coach uh, group CrossFit classes. I think I'm, uh, my schedule seven classes a week. And then uh, where I really love uh, to be is on those one-to-one sessions. So whether it's intros, foundations, personal training, uh, because that's where you can really connect with someone and hear their story and, uh, you know, find places to empathize with somebody. And so... Uh, Yeah, fitness is more than just fitness (laughs) to me. And so, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I really enjoy uh, being a part of that and being a part of people's hopefully better part of their day, Mm -hmm. uh, where they get to do something for themselves that benefits themselves, not just in the gym, but outside of the gym as well. So.
1: That's yeah. amazing. It's, it, I can mean, it's like you can you can tell when someone is like naturally like truly passionate about what you're talking about. Your face yeah. lights up, and I just yeah. have a very like a clear memory of when we first started working together. I mean, just over two years ago now when you were, you were just doing group fitness at that, you were just getting started. And mm-hmm. you said to me, like, I'm thinking about getting into personal training, but I don't know, like that's the route I'm going to go. And that's really cool to kind of hear you now be like, that is my place where I want to be. And like, yeah, you know, it's crazy how much changes in, in a short amount of time. So it's really awesome. Alida. Um, yeah, I do. I do love
2: group classes too. Classes I love too. the energy it brings and the challenge of, Eyes on a million people at once, but uh, yeah, I think it's more that connection piece where you can really um, kind of get to know someone a little bit better. That one, I think
1: that 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 like want personal connection. I'm sure Tony will attest to this. Like that comes out in your group classes. Like you lead a very good one, like organized and controlled group class <laughs> with great quality, but th- there's never a time where during the warm up you don't come and check with each individual person. And then mm-hmm. with the, just, I feel like you do a really good job of that personal connection in a group setting. Thank you. As well. Definitely.
2: Great. Thank Definitely. you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so um, jumping into kind of our our mental health um, Mm -hmm. portion here. So if we can just rewind, Elida, a little bit. And um, if you wouldn't mind kind of sharing a bit about your story. So, you know, your mental health story, Mm -hmm. um, kind of where did that start for you? Um, Yeah, if you wouldn't want to jump into
2: that. Okay, well, I'm going to try to get through it without crying. We'll see how that goes. Uh, You know, probably... I think there's a component of it that is a bit hereditary. I don't know, the more kind of reading research I do, I think there's something there to that. Um, So that was definitely something I watched my dad struggle with and and walk through, Mm -hmm. you know, in my kid teenage years. And as I got older and, you know, heard his life story, I kind of understood, you know, it a little bit more from his perspective. Um, But yeah, that, that may or may not be accurate or not, but uh, maybe the tendency to go that way might be there. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But where, when I really saw it come out was after having my daughter. So my second, Um, I remember very vividly one day uh, my husband was, uh, he's a firefighter, so I was able not able to get a hold of him. I was having a very rough day with the oh. kiddos. I just needed a break and was trying to get them to nap at the same time. It was a disaster, and oh. I remember locking myself in the bathroom, and uh, yeah, it was my darkest day, no question. Oh. I was not worried necessarily that I would harm my kids, but I just i i couldn't cope anymore. Um So, I mean, obviously, looking back, I probably had a wicked case of postpartum depression. But, you know, it just it wasn't necessarily talked about the way it is now. Um, I'm thankful to see that that, that's more talked about. And um, I think there's a long way to go still on that. Uh, There's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of, you know, oh, it's just the baby blues (laughs) or whatever. But for me, that was kind of a a, a turning point point as far as like the start of kind of Mm. my mental spiral (laughs) I'll call it uh so you know over the next few years uh, I would say because I didn't address it it snowballed out of control for sure Mm. so you know I would find myself not being able to be present like in the moment I felt always distracted brain fogged um just like that Expression on your face, like, (laughs) just not happy, just fully miserable, Uh is all I can say. Um, Yeah, and just found myself crying in the shower. Often I had a hard periods of time where I really struggled to eat because I just had so much anxiety and fear over things I create into these big scenarios in my Um, head. So, you know, the term, um, uh, what am I, uh, what am I looking for here? Um, sorry, give me a minute. (laughs) Um, It'll come to me. Uh, just basically those those thoughts that are not, you know, it's like worst can, case scenario thinking to the ultimate. And yeah. I lived there like 24-7. And just because of that was in a really unhealthy mental state and was finding it very difficult to be present. And, and then it starts to affect other areas of your life too, right? Like, you know, I, I'm not being there for my kids and missing out on things. You know starting to affect my libido which then affects your relationship with your spouse and you know i'm not eating properly so i'm not fueling my body properly i'm losing i was down to you know such a like for me a very unhealthy weight and Mm -hmm. uh just lots of stuff like that um i mean i could go on but uh yeah it it was you know you in the in the time you don't realize how bad it is it's reflecting back it knowing that I was in a really not good place Uh and for me um if you know I I eventually realized how bad it was getting my husband nicely pointed that out to me (laughs) (laughs) and he's like you know what like enough we need to go to the doctor we need to to start taking steps this is not good this is not good for the kids not good for you not good for us like Uh We can't keep going this way. So, you know, I went in, did the test for depression and anxiety. I came out um, very high in anxiety, not so much in depression, even though they're closely related. So when I talk today, it's more from that, that perspective of more of that anxiety, not so much that depression. I didn't have those like suicidal thoughts or, or oh. more of those things that go along with depression. So my heart definitely goes out to people that struggle with, with that end of this the spectrum of mental health. And, um, I am not as relatable to that end of the spectrum. So definitely for me, it was more that anxious side. Um, so, you know, we, we discussed medication with my doctor, but all the side effects of the medication I was already experiencing. So sleep problems, libido problems, um, uh, headaches, uh, some of those other side effects I was already having. And so for me personally, it was not, I wanted to use it as a last resort instead of a first resort, just because of those reasonings. I have nothing against people needing to do what they need to do. But for me personally, that I just didn't feel comfortable with those potential side effects. Cause I, I was already there with those, already had those things happening in my life. I didn't need it to be further exasperated so um at that point then I started researching like you know what else can I do to sort of help myself so uh counseling thankfully my husband has a half decent plan so I was able <laughs> to get a lot of that covered uh so I started being a counselor um I started a program through our church called Freedom Sessions uh which is a 12-step program. It's a lot long and hard. It's about nine months of weekly meetings and uh, working through on your own time just uh, your life and how to kind of take steps towards uh, working through childhood traumas and Um, like, you know, inventorying amends, uh, and then trying to replace those toxic things that we do with healthy habits, healthy behaviors. Uh, So that year, I would say was (laughs) brutal, just starting to dig deep and get real about the things that I was struggling with. And, you know, we all have character qualities, character flaws, as you will, that, you know, cause us hardships in life. And so it's figuring out how to use them uh, to your benefit, and then how to also find the kind of opposing piece to that, uh, to kind of implement into your life so that um, it doesn't become kind of overbearing, if that makes sense. Uh, So yeah, that, that kind of uh, was a big year for me. And uh, I should back up a little bit because probably CrossFit started before that, a few years before that. Okay. Um, finally, when my daughter entered kindergarten, I was then able to have the flexibility to get in and do fitness on a regular basis. And so um, it was kind of that one hour of the day where I my thoughts stopped that spiral. And I, all I could do was focus on that CrossFit workout, the, you know, the difficulty technical. Uh, So I remember explaining to Jesse one time, uh, I had a really bad day and I was just bawling my eyes out saying, you don't get it. I said, that hour that I'm at CrossFit is the only hour of the day that I get a break from the chaos in my head. And he's always very supportive of my, you know, my workouts and he knew that was important. But I I didn't think he, he realized how important that was. But it it came to the place where, where that alone wasn't enough. And so I needed to start to explore other things. And mm-hmm. then once I started kind of healing over that, that year and starting digging into some of those deep, hard things, uh, you know, the death of my grandma. She was like a second mom to me and, Mm. you know, stuff like that. I mean, I could talk hours about all of that. Um, But then you start, you know, researching, looking into other things. And so uh, I read a book by a neurologist. And I think Mm. probably one of the most hopeful things in there was, you know, the topic of neuroplasticity, meaning our brain is malleable. So we're not stuck with those thought, negative thought patterns we have. We have the ability to retrain the way we think and the retrain the way that our uh, thought patterns go. And I think for me, that was an extremely hopeful uh, Mm -hmm. piece of information to kind of stumble across was, wait a second, I don't need to stay stuck here. Uh, There's hope that you know, I know, I know it's going to be hard work. I know how hard I have to work in the gym to change my, you know, endurance, my strength, my whatever it might be in the gym. I know how hard I have to work for that. And I'm gonna have to work just as hard uh, with my mental health to change those pathways. But it's possible, I don't have to stay stuck here. So I, you know, and then you start implementing things like, Thankfulness journal. That probably was one of the most, uh, you know, I held I held out a long time on that one because it was just so brutally cheesy to me, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, but probably one of the most helpful things because it helps you in your day to switch that switch over from kind of that negative thinking to look for the things to be grateful for. And, you know, a lot of days it's like, I'm grateful for the you know the cherry blossoms or uh, that coffee with a friend or somebody sent me a nice text message or uh, I had a good chat with my kids in the car or it's not it's not these major things but you're looking for in the in the day looking for those good things as opposed to looking to those bad things if that makes sense so you know it it's been a long journey of learning and trial and error, what works, what doesn't work. Um, But I would say, and the last two years have put it to to the test for sure. Uh, I'd say I'm in a a much healthier mental place than I was five, well, probably more time goes by so fast, six, seven years ago. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my story in a bit of an
1: (laughs) i feel like you know the fact that there's it's not as there's there's no one simple thing it's so many little things and it's interesting to hear that you were already using fitness and you already were like i feel better for this hour but like it's not enough and that there's kind of other things and i think it's interesting um i also used to like really struggle like debilitating anxiety i wake up every morning Mm -hmm. crying and i like i couldn't control and i couldn't even identify why and it was um same thing working with a number of different like therapists and things like that but it, I, I don't remember the book either but it was something in the same thing about it, there was something about neuroplasticity that I learned mm-hmm. that like and and then the other one was the power of now by Eckhart Tolle and at that point mm-hmm. my like anxiety was out of control and I read this book about um basically learning how your thoughts aren't actually like facts and your thoughts on yeah. this anxiety is actually yeah. me making it like making basically predictions about the future based on things Mm -hmm. that maybe happened in the past or haven't even happened versus learning how to like quiet those. I'm like, quiet those, this shit never stops. Like, what are you talking about? Um, And reading that book and practicing. And then eventually one day I was like, I it just clicked where all of a sudden I had the ability to like quiet it and then almost like observe it and be like, mm-hmm. Whoa. And I mean, it's not as simple as that. I mean, I think there are no. so many things that have gotten me to the place today where like I can genuinely say I'm not dealing with ongoing anxiety. There's obviously this last two year, there's definitely like things that come up, but um, it'd be interesting to kind of figure out what book that was and share it in the show notes. Cause when you said that, I was like, it definitely was learning that I have my brain. Oh, switch on your brain. Cool. Switch <laughs> on your
2: brain. Bye. <laughs> Dr. Carol. Car- oh, wrong way. Sorry. I'm getting all mixed
0: up. Carolyn Leaf. Cool. Switch on
2: your brain. Do it's you possible.
0: think, um, Alida, did did the prep that you were doing up until the last two years, did that put you in a better state to ultimately deal with what has happened in the last couple of years?
2: Oh, 100%. I think had I not done all this work, I and I don't say this lightly because... It's real for people, but I think, like, I worry I've would been in the mental institution. I don't say that lightly or joke about it, but I, where I was six, seven, eight years ago, whatever the math is, I would not have coped well at all Mm -hmm. the last couple of years. Uh, It
0: most likely would have taken me down. Yeah, but you built up this buffer, right? You yeah. built up this space so that you had the capacity to take a hit or deal with some stress or take on some anxiety that you were able to deal with. It's you know, yeah. it's funny. It kind of it, it reminds me of a parallel we talked about like earlier on in this whole pandemic thing was about like this spectrum of health and how like you tried to build up just being healthier, right? Like every kind of run you went on and every good diet that you, or a good meal that you had and stuff like that sort of built up your capacity to deal with kind of something like this. And it sounds almost like the exact same parallel that you built up this buffer of like, didn't matter whether it was going to be a pandemic or anything else, you built up this capacity to deal with life in general, right. whatever form right. it might come with, right?
2: Yeah. And, and it's definitely like, there's, there's kind of, There's practices I do like on a daily, weekly basis. There's things that I've placed into my life, things I've definitely taken out of my life uh, to Mm -hmm. put me kind of in that place. And let me keep it real. I lost six hours of sleep Monday night because my anxiety was high. But Tuesday, I pulled my shit together and put all my things into practice. I dealt with the things that I could deal with that day. And I did a reset and I've been sleeping good since, right? Like, so in the past, that kind of stuff would, that would have taken me a a week, two weeks, a month to get over, you know, something small like that, right? So, you know, I still have my rough days, uh, my hard days, my days where life kicks the crap out of you. But it's, I think... At the end of the day, it's building up those things so that, you know, everyone deals with hard stuff in life. We don't get out of <laughs> life isn't sunshine, butterflies and roses. Let's keep it real. We all struggle with illness and deaths and, um, you know, job issues, it, whatever the thing is, There, there's hardships in life. It's not an easy cakewalk. Mm-hmm. So you need to build up those kind of those things what works for you to keep that um, mental stability happening in your Mm -hmm. life? Mm
1: Well, yeah. And when you kind of shared a little bit about Monday coming up, I think it's, you know, helpful to hear like when um, you do start to feel like, you know, your anxiety going up Mm -hmm. or, you know, there's more things going on around in life. Like what is a little bit, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of your process that you take yourself through where you're like, okay, I got to check myself and like Mm -hmm. put some things in place to feel better. What does that look
2: like for you? Yeah, for me, like definitely a trusted friend that I know that, and and that those come and go with seasons of life. Like those people now are not the same people that they were two years ago, for instance. I mean, my husband is always there, (laughs) but some things it's like, uh, he's not going to relate to this. So (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to phone a friend, Um, you know, so the definitely reaching out to somebody is huge. Don't hold that in. Don't hold, carry that load alone. You know, most of the time that's not going to stress someone else out because it's not their stress. So, you know, don't be afraid to share those hard things with someone that you can trust. Um, that's a big, big thing to me is like not holding that stuff in anymore. Like all oh, being all tough and, you know, I got this um, for me that, that, you know, journaling, um, I'm in the Bible every day. Well, I try to be every day. Let's be realistic. Um, So for me, you know, my faith being in the word, having that um, quiet time, reflective time, um, thankfulness, peace to it all, that's super important. Keeps me grounded, keeps my focus kind of away from The chaos craziness in the world and then do the hard thing like if there's something that's bugging you do the hard thing to fix it Mm. call that friend hash it out deal with paying that bill deal with (laughs) (laughs) um, stop procrastinating do the thing do the thing that will take that stress pressure off you because you'll feel so much better after right Um, yeah, so, so those are some of the, the kind of the main things that, um, I put into practice and Mm. yes, you know, prioritize your workouts, your sleep, um, quality sleep, I should say, uh, eating as healthy as you can. That's, you know, another big thing I've learned in this journey is your gut is your second brain, your gut's unhealthy, your brain's unhealthy. So, um, you know, getting rid of those processed, refined sugars, you know, all the things we know we shouldn't be eating that does make a big difference on your brain health. Unfortunately, sorry to be the bearer of bad news on that, but (laughs) you know, cut that crap out. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's all, it's a snowball effect, right? Totally.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and, uh, in this journey, where did, um, cause you kind of, you said like you were already doing fitness, mm-hmm. you kind of fell in love with that and you maintained that through your, you know, the rest of your, your healing mm-hmm. journey and figuring all this out. When did it kind of, you realize that like, this is something that I want to do as a career that I want to get into coaching, coaching CrossFit.
2: Oh man, that probably was a long time ago. And then I just didn't really see how I could make that happen just with the age of my kids at the time and my husband's shift work and just kind of trying to, I don't know. It was probably, you know, only a few years into my CrossFit journey that I thought, yeah, I probably love to get into coaching. Like it's just been so helpful for me mentally. um, But also it's, it's like those, it teaches you, kind of like life lessons I don't even know how to describe it when you have the ability to your mind wants to stop you and but your body's so much stronger than your mind is kind of if that makes sense so when you look at a workout or lift a heavy weight or whatever it is it's all of a sudden you're telling your brain that no I can do this hard stuff do it (laughs) and that kind of funnels out into other areas of your life right whatever that Um, Maybe in your life, Uh, so I started to connect all these dots with fitness and just other pieces, parts of my life, and it gets me really excited because it's very life changing, literally life changing. And it's not just about your physical health, but your mental health too, and and how it can help you in other areas of your life to do those hard things. It it teaches you kind of that behavior. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it it was just timing for me with my kind of family life. Uh, So I had to kind of delay that coaching piece a little bit till my kids were older. I could leave them home alone uh, so that I could be more flexible with actually being able to have time to coach. (laughs) Uh uh Yeah.
1: And I feel like even kind of, not getting to the coaching thing so much, but you just said, like, choosing that priority of when you had the ability to do that. I think that's something that I've always, like, kind of said it was an awe of, of like, the priorities that you have, like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in working together, you know, you're a coach with us at campus, um, some of your boundaries and priorities you choose with mm-hmm. your family over the summer, or I think you've shared with me a little bit about, I don't know if you do this seasonally, um, or how often you give a bit of a process where you go through, like, what in this season of my life are the priorities, mm-hmm. and, like, what things do I have to, like, do more of to do those, or what things. So I need to say like, you know what, right now I'm going to do less of this because Mm -hmm. it's not in my top three. And if you can share a little bit about like how you choose those priorities or what's that kind of process, I think like, you know, it's helpful to hear what you do in the moment of like a mental health thing, but more of like the bigger picture, kind of like your own little planning process of your life to keep you kind of within the priorities that, you know, support your well being and things like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Well, currently I'm working on my authentic life plan. That's part of kind of freedom session, but it's basically, it's like, what are your, your, um, people values? Like, so your top five people in your life, uh, why are they valuable to you? And then what are you going to do to show them or show yourself that they're of value? And then, uh, then what are those top, like five uh, character qualities that you value in your life. So, you know, I kind of have a top three too in, in whatever season of life it is. So what are my top three priorities? Usually always fitness is in there is top. Like I'm going to, my goal is so many workouts per week, or I'm working towards a half marathon on the row or, or um, I'm going to make nutrition more, important at this season or whatever and then you know I think too people lose especially mothers sorry dads but what ends up happening is you end up putting your kids first and I'm sorry but I think that's a mistake because if you're not healthy you don't have anything to give to your kids so I think there's this um, and every season's tricky with that and so maybe putting yourself first is is literally all you can do is 15 minutes a day. Um, and that's that's good. That's cool. Then do that because that's all you have the time for in this particular season of life. Um, but I think putting yourself first, it's really hard to do, but I, I think that it adds so much more to the people that you pour into in your life. So I think that, you know, that should be our number one value is to be the healthiest we can be. Uh, and then then those other two top three is just kind of dependent on the season of life I'm in. So right now I'm just trying to finish strong with my teenagers until they are kind of more out on their own. So that's like a top priority for me. And uh, yeah, like staying mentally healthy is obviously um a big thing for me as well. So making sure that uh, what I'm doing right now is actually working. So the the things that I have in place, are they still serving me? Are they still keeping me like mentally on track? Um, and if they're not, then let's do a re- re-eval and make some changes, try something new. Uh, I've tried all kinds of stuff uh, in that uh, kind of arena and certain things have worked for certain seasons and then they don't work anymore. And so, it's so kind of, it's not one of those things. And I think too, with your values in life, that's something you need to to reassess every six months to a year. And, you know, is this still what's actually important to me or it's just become a habit and I do it, but it's actually not serving me anymore. Wow. So yeah, it's probably that kind of six months to a year process of what are those top three things for me right now? And then mm-hmm. how am I going to rearrange my life and my schedule to make sure that you know, I can say they're my top three, but is that do people, if someone was outside looking in, my behavior, what I actually do, is that showing? Mm. Right?
1: Totally. Yeah. Awesome. No, I think that's good. I think people know that's important to do Sometimes it's hard just to like, mm-hmm. sit down and like carve out time to like be reflective. And yeah. that the thing that not just because someone tells you these are the thing three things or five things that are important mm-hmm. to do for your well being, whether if it's not serving you, or it's causing more, whatever, like yeah, giving yourself the ability to let something go. And then really make sure that the things that you're doing are working, like you said, and really depends on, yeah, the season of life or what we're able Absolutely. to do. I'm sure a lot of that even yeah. changed. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, we were lucky here that we didn't have as many gym closures. Um, but that must've been hard for sure. Cause it's been such an instrumental part of, you know, most people's routine when mm-hmm. you, know, you kind of didn't have access when, when that kind of happened you, and all of a sudden you like, maybe didn't have access to the same coming gym community. Um, what did you do for yourself in, in that to kind of keep moving and, and keeping the yeah.
2: fitness aspect. I mean, thankful for, for you guys for lending equipment out so I could work from home, work out yeah. at home. Uh, so I'm super grateful for that. I feel like uh, that would have been really challenging not to have equipment at home. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, again, it. I'm a type A perfectionist, control freak, all those things. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so for me, you know, scheduling and making those things happen is it comes easier to me because that's just my personality. So, you know, were my workouts the same? No. <laughs> were they half-assed some days? Totally. Did it take me two hours to do a 40 minute workout some days? Yeah, it did. But that was okay. Cause what else was I going to do? To be honest, <laughs> I was yeah. stuck in the house. Uh, so yeah, it's, I think there's that piece of graciousness to yourself too, but then also, Sometimes that can go a little bit too far the other way where it's like, and then you're like, eh, the world's just awful and whatever. So I'm just gonna, you know, give myself grace. And then it almost goes too far the other way. So it's like, okay, what's realistic for me today, this week, whatever, whatever. Um, okay this week realistically I'm only going to do three workouts because that's all I got in me and so Mm -hmm. then just hold yourself accountable to that but I think what a lot of people end up doing um, is they put all these things into place and they flood themselves it's not actually doable Mm -hmm. Uh, all these things that they're trying to accomplish and they literally set themselves up for failure it's Mm -hmm. too much so I always say like you want to change your eating habits, change one thing. Once that becomes like you're not even thinking about it, you're just automatically doing it, then change one other thing. If you do one thing a month for 12 months, you've changed 12 unhealthy habits in your diet to 12 healthy habits. Same thing goes for anything else in, in your life, right? So, And I'm an all or nothing person, so for me to say that is big. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's true. Like I, I think that what happens is people just, okay, I'm going to, that's it. I'm sick of this. I'm going to change everything. Well, that's not sustainable. And it's not, you've kind of overwhelmed yourself with kind of all these ideas of things that you want to change and it's not realistic. So actually take a step back, look at your schedule, look at your life, be realistic. What's, you know, maybe two workouts a week is realistic for you. Start there. Uh, And then just hold yourself accountable to those two workouts a week. And and make those a priority. Schedule them in.
1: Make them happen.
0: I love it. And be successful at them, right? Like yeah. actually achieve the two and like yeah. feel good that you like. Yeah, I crushed yeah, it. I got two, right?
1: I love it. And even yeah. I, I uh, someone gave me like this two-minute journal of the day, and it's supposed to be every morning you write um, one thing you're going to choose to release for the day, something you're grateful for, and then three mm-hmm. things you want to focus on for the day. And I did it for a couple of days and I realized I was writing my to-do list, my like thing I was going to focus on. And then the days are busy and sometimes I wasn't. And I was coming back the next day already feeling like I was failing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this actually isn't helping me. This is making me feel worse about myself. It's reaffirming mm-hmm. the shit that I'm not getting done. Yeah. So for the last like three weeks instead, I am now doing it at night at the end of the day. And I'm doing one thing I'm choosing to release from the day a gratitude. And then instead of three things I'm going to focus on, I'm doing something similar that you said, I'm writing three things that I did do for myself that day. Right. Sometimes it's like, whatever, I actually like ate the food for the day. It's not this instrumental thing or whatever that is, but looking for the three positive things and the three things, because, you know, when we look at The fact okay, I need to do more working out, more nutrition, Mm -hmm. I should be meditating more, I should be journaling more. Mm -hmm. Um, you and you almost kind of unless you're doing all of it perfectly and kind of like with my type A as well, I'm like, I'm failing at all of it. And you know, a life Mm -hmm. coach said to me, like, you'd be surprised, you're actually not failing at all of it. Like, how much time do you take to actually celebrate the small wins you're having? Um and that's been like really helpful and just Changing my mindset a little bit of like, Mm -hmm. sure, I'm not there yet, but like I am accomplishing, you know, these things in a day and it's small chunks for sure. So, um, I think it'd be awesome to kind of hear like, now that you've kind of gone through this own journey yourself, you've lived it, you're still living it. I mean, it's an Mm -hmm. ongoing thing and you're, you know, in the space of coaching now, um, what impact you have seen on your clients or athletes that you, you coach, um,
2: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I can't even tell you how many members say, like, that the gym is their mental health, like, they come to the gym, so they can get through their days. And I can so relate to that. I mean, that's where I started my journey, for sure. Um, And, you know, it's interesting when when you're able to kind of have those little times, maybe before or after class, or, or usually, that's when those conversations happen, or if you're, you know, doing a PT, but, you know, being able to connect with people on that level, I think, uh, I think a lot of people are struggling with it, than we know more than we know. Um, And so to be able to say, hey, yeah, like, that's my story, too, I can totally relate. And then to be able to offer those, you know, those things that we just kind of touched on is, you know, give yourself some grace and set yourself up for success. Like, don't, don't say you're going to show up five times this week when you know you have a busy week with work. You you have your kids this week, uh, all the things, and you know that realistically you're only going to get in here two or three days. Only sign up for two or three classes then. don't set yourself up for that, that failure, right? Because that's then just reinforcing that negative thought pattern, right? So, um, yeah, being able to have those kind of conversations and just being able to be vulnerable with kind of, you know, just that feeling of you're not alone, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty huge. And just to be encouraging. And yeah, awesome. so glad you're here showed up,
1: you put in the hard work, right? Totally. Um, okay, so kind of, if you could change one thing in the way we approach mental health as a society or community, mm-hmm. what would that be? one thing (laughs) or a couple things there's no rules here pick one if it goes to two (laughs) yeah I
2: you know what I think that's a really tricky question Mm -hmm. (laughs) complicated question um yeah I think we're doing a better job of talking about it um but I think basically is you know, take seriously when people shares shares that vul- vulnerability with you, that they're struggling mentally, because sometimes it's become a little bit maybe taboo. Everyone's, oh, everyone's struggling with mental health. And maybe right now everyone is struggling with mental health. But um, I I think that people are maybe afraid to, to kind of speak up and talk about it. Um, and just that, like, get help don't do it on your own uh whatever that help looks like for you and you might have to do a bit of trial and error but um don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help i think a lot of people suffer in silence and they just think this is just the way it is and and i'm not sure what holds people back i guess i should think back to what held me back um Yeah. And, and maybe don't be afraid to people that you think might be struggling. Don't be afraid to ask them and then encourage them to, I I think if I think back to when I was in my really bad state, I wish people would have been braver to, to say, let me take your kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, go go to the doctor go to counseling uh let me have the kids so that that you can do that and and maybe there just wasn't enough kind of education with that at that point but be brave and and speak up for yourself but then also be brave and ask the people that you think might not be doing well in your life and ask how you can help support them Whether it's just checking in to make sure they've made that doctor's appointment or counseling appointment or whatever that thing is that that they think might be beneficial to them.
0: Sometimes that's all it takes is somebody getting asked, right? And just to open the door and like let the floodgates kind of open, right?
2: Yeah, just kind of that willing to be vulnerable piece. And I think we're all afraid of that. But I, I feel like when we open up, it allows that other person to then open up and be vulnerable to it, it gives them that permission. So, yeah, I, I mean, look for those signs in, in your loved ones, you know, that, you know, those, those kind of that sad look on their face, the withdrawing the um, behavior changes that maybe that fatigue all the time um, or, or just having a hard time being motivated or what have you. Like, you, you know, when someone's not themselves reach out yeah. and, and then be persistent because it's, it's a dark place to live. And, and I don't wish that on anybody. So be brave.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. And I, I think the persistent thing, you know, at, my friend Justin's celebration of life this week. Um, one of his best friends, Sarah, that I've left, I've known as well for two decades. All these people for two decades. Um, she shared she went through a really hard mental health struggle, and she shared in her in her in her speech about Justin that when she went through a hard time, he made a point to message her good morning and good night every single day for like three months. She's like, I would try to tell him like, stop. He's like, I'll stop when you like actually tell me you're doing really well. And she's like, that Mm -hmm. was so instrumental. And like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have reached out there would have been days where I would have talked to nobody. If someone hadn't just been persistent and knew that like, and and asking for and and helping through her through that um, Mm -hmm. support. And, you know, I think there's a lot of like shame or guilt or thinking you should be able to do it. Or just when you're in Mm -hmm. it, sometimes it feels like it's too much to even you know Mm -hmm. talk about. And so I love that just like, in both capacities, like as a person, try to be more vulnerable. And then also like go out of your way to ask, because like you said, at this point, especially this last two years, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle for sure. So yeah. um, If you could give 20 year old Elida any Mm tips on how to manage mental health future in the uh, future uh, life stress, what would that be?
2: (laughs) Oh, definitely. Like that number one thing is ask for help. Mm. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And you know, I, I'm kind of that personality where I just want to be tough and strong and do it myself. And, you know, it's, everybody needs help with stuff in this world and, you know, be brave, be bold, but, uh, do not be afraid to ask for help. And then, you know, humble yourself, do the hard work, be open, be vulnerable to those around you. Um, and do the, do the hard things to, uh, you know, set up those, those boundaries, those uh, daily things that, you know, help keep you balanced.
1: I think you kind of said it a little bit about like, consistency over time, or like looking back Mm -hmm. that when we're in the day to day, it doesn't really ever feel like we're making Mm -hmm. a difference or a change. But when you look back over a period of time and realize like how much you were able to change. um, I think that's like, something that I kind of keep in mind is, It's hard to feel like you're making a difference in the moment, but like do that, the whole kind of thing of like doing 1%, something small. And if you keep working on that, that collectively, you know, kind of builds up over, over time and whatever that looks like for sure. Um,
0: There's a a saying that I like, it's like you, you under, you overestimate what you can do in a day, but you underestimate what you can do in a year.
1: And mm. so if you kind
0: of keep that in perspective, right. And the same applies for a decade or whatever it is. Right. But when you look Mm -hmm. at it across that span, it really puts it in perspective.
1: Mm. Yeah. Definitely. definitely, Awesome. So, as we kind of come to the end here, Elida, is there any other mm-hmm. like resources or things that you'd like to share? Um, <laughs> yeah, I well, I shared, shared my me. book. Awesome. Shared my book. See, yeah, this yeah.
2: thing keeps messing me up. Yeah, and yeah. then, um, yeah. I mean, reach out to me. I'm happy to, you know, be a support system for people. Uh, I don't definitely don't have all the answers, and I'm fumbling my way through this, but. Um yeah, my biggest thing is reach out to those resources, find I, I can't say enough about how much counseling has helped me over the mm-hmm. years. Uh there's been many sessions where I thought, it's a waste of time. Uh, until you start going through life and go, Oh yeah, this applies here, or yeah, I can see how when I implement this, this makes a big difference. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely uh, those things. Find, find the tools that work for you. I mean, I have a two-page list of, of things that I've tried and, you know, meditation and journaling and, uh, you know, the, the list is endless. And some things have been a complete flop uh, and other things have been life-changing. So yeah, definitely find those things that work for you. Just like uh, anything else in life it's not a one size fits all uh, so you just have to kind of be brave and and just think of it uh, long term uh, as a long term journey and just kind of what Tony was saying just you know make those small little adjustments and, and all of a sudden over time that, that makes a big change uh, you know in a year in two years in five years uh, so just keep persevering don't give up well,
1: it's worth it yeah. I love that trial and error message. I wish someone told me that about parenting. I l- learned, you like, basically trial and error. I'm like, yeah. hey, we're in a new, I thought I had it figured out. And then the kid completely changes. And I'm like, what's the answer? And you try a few things and you're like, well, that did not work. And you're like, that worked. And I feel like, but I don't always give that to myself. And just that, like it it isn't just this, it is trial and error and let it go and just try the things. And you don't, you don't know until you, until you do that. So. Yeah.
2: And just like we were talking earlier, it's the same thing with seasons of life. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, this one tool works for a while and then all of a sudden it's not working anymore. So. Then you have to be willing to just scrap it and find something different.
1: True. truth. Yeah. Do we just both say truth at the same time? Yeah. All right. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Elida. It was so awesome to have you yeah. on today and, and hear my pleasure your story. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye. You bet. Bye, everybody. Bye.